Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Career Catharsis. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Today, I will be chatting with two special guests and friends, Anthony Nova and Lucas Anderson. Pride in 2020 encompasses global measures of restriction on celebration, given the state of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are also in the midst of a historic revolution led by the Black Lives Matter movement. Today, we will discuss how companies and individuals have an opportunity to show up in allyship, building inclusivity through intersectionality at work. Okay, thank you both for joining me for an important conversation when it comes to celebrating pride in the era of Black Lives Matter and COVID. Needless to say, pride is different this year as it has been in the past. And a lot of people will think of pride as synonymous with a party, but really its origins and what it really stands for is a protest. So before we start unpacking what that really means, I would love to get a better sense of both of our guests today. So I'll start off with you, Anthony. I would love if you could self-identify as well as share a little bit about yourself for our listeners. Sure, Um, well, hi, my name is Anthony. Um, I'm a cis black male, that's how I identify, and um, I'm a working artist. I am a director, choreographer, singer, multifaceted um, artist. So I do a lot here in Toronto. I've been doing work, I'm working here for more than a decade um, doing just that. Okay, lovely. And then Lucas, could you self-identify as well as share a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Luke. Uh, I identify as a mixed Indigenous person um, that's also queer and uh, uh, cisgender male. Um, I'm currently working within the tech industry. um, And I started off, though, in the automotive industry and like working with power tools and whatnot, but have recently been working in downtown Toronto for about two years now. Okay. Great, thank you. So question for both of you, how important is the visibility of Pride logos on company social channels? So Anthony, I'd love for you to weigh in on what you think about um, how corporate America, corporate Canada will show their support of Pride through changing their logo, adding the rainbow flag, and what does that do for the queer community? What are your personal thoughts or experiences around that? Okay. Um, you know, at first when we, we started seeing um, Pride become more corporate and we saw, um, you know, companies, as we thought, looked at it at first, taking advantage of what they saw as an opportunity to kind of cash in on Pride events. Um, it was definitely met with mixed reactions and mixed emotions. Um, so it was, it was great to see that there was more uh, support. Um, that would be reaching a greater audience. Um, That side of it was great. And then at the other side, you kind of have to think, well, what are you doing the other 11 months out of the year? Uh, So it's a a mixed bag for me. I love it. I think it's necessary. I don't think companies should stop doing it, but I would love to make sure that those companies that are showing the support have the background to prove that they've always been there as an ally. If not previously, at least throughout the rest of the year that they're showing they are actually an ally and that they do celebrate us during our month and that they um, will always support us outside of that month. Absolutely, so it's more of a continuous effort and Pride is not a moment, it's really um, a continuous effort there as you mentioned. So Lucas, I would love for you to weigh in on this as well. What is your opinion about the importance of um, visibility during Pride Month where companies will kind of show their support in terms of pride logos and what are your thoughts there? So I definitely uh, have the same views as Anthony. Um, I do think that it is 
really, really important for companies to show their support for the LGBT community. Um, but I agree as well that there needs to be some follow through with that. So like, we need to look at their actions and see how these companies are actually helping the LGBT community instead of just, you know, for one month changing their logo and then, you know, the rest of the time they're not really doing anything for the community. Um, I think it also is important to state that internally as well, you know, just those, those uh, employees that fall within that community, um, they should have a safe working environment as well. So it's not only just, oh, well, how do they help the community outwardly, but internally, what are they doing for their employees? Like what resources are there and whatnot? Absolutely. So I think there's two really good points there about how it's not just about the month of pride. It is all 12 months. What is the company doing there? But also not just what it's doing on, on the outside, but what is the climate internally for any queer community members or queer um, employees? So mm -hmm. those are some really good points. And it kind of, you know, leads into the next question that I have for both of you around what is your opinion of rainbow washing? So a lot of companies have been accused of the practice of rainbow washing, where they will paint their logo rainbow in support of pride. But it really comes into question when we don't see any evidence or sponsorship either outwardly or internally where we're not really hearing from employees or seeing employees uh, have access to safe spaces or resources or any sort of initiatives that back up the support for the LGBTQ plus community. So uh, what is your opinion about companies that will flip their logo? And does that signal rainbow washing to you? Or what is your immediate reaction when you see a company change their logo um, does does it kind of instill pride or does it have sort of all these questions and alarm bells ringing for you maybe we can start with anthony okay um yeah um it's the first time i want to say it's the first time i've actually heard that um terminology rainbow washing mm -hmm. um but yeah it's kind of touches on what i was saying before um it's a mixed emotion I, i'm i take a step back first to see if this is a company that I believe they are an ally and they actually do support or if this is just again like kind of a cash grab or a way for them to not be called out for not saying anything but actually not caring because we've seen companies have done that but at the same time employees that have suffered at discrimination because they are under the rainbow flag um, they're a member under the rainbow flag so it's kind of it's you, you kind of tiptoe and kind of look around to see if there's any signs that, okay, maybe they are ally. And if the signs are there, then great. I think a lot of companies have done a great job in having um, someone there who handles their marketing, who's also not just posting these, but, you know, kind of going the extra mile and interacting with their customers, interacting with the people who are looking at their company, taking in, um, taking notice of them, um, making sure that they are putting out the information, not just putting out a logo. And I think if it's just a logo, nothing more than usually I look the other way. Right, right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of companies are hesitant when they see that they don't really have somebody internally that is championing the cause. They might tiptoe a little bit more. And um, I think some companies will actually um, they'll, they'll consider potentially not doing anything. And I wonder, do you think that's worse to not say anything and not do anything? I do think it's worse. Uh, I do. I think, I think it sets, um, it sets a tone. It sets your tone as a company when you decide, you know, I don't want to say anything. Even if you don't feel that you are doing anything wrong, you're not discriminating by not saying anything. You're telling me a person who um, identifies as queer that you may not be the easiest company for me to approach, to work with you, to 
to uh, bring attention to an issue I'm having with your company or anything else that may be related. Uh, so yeah, I think it's important to say at least something other than nothing. Saying nothing absolutely I think is, is mm -hmm. a bad choice. So would you say that it's fair to say that you are looking for evidence as a job seeker potentially that a company is showing some support or celebration of pride and it's sort of that added step of, okay, what are they doing beyond you know, the rainbow flag, but really the first step is kind of looking for that evidence um, to showcase that, yes, this is a company that is championing, um, championing of your rights, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, communities talk, we, we talk amongst ourselves to make sure that these are safe areas. And, you know, having the history that we have um, as a queer family, uh, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we feel that we may be endangering ourselves. So mm -hmm. having that knowledge to say this company does support you guys, it's a safe place for you. It's very important. Uh, not mm -hmm. saying it makes us question it and then we're going to have to do our own you know, research and kind of connect the dots through people we know. What's your experience with them? Because we, we, need, we need some feedback. Absolutely. So Lucas, I would love for you to weigh in on your opinion of rainbow washing. So mm -hmm. if you could kind of, you know, share whether you think um, rainbow washing really is an appropriate term. What do you think that um, impact is? And then similarly, if uh, not saying anything is worse or, or what your opinion is there? So I definitely do think that rainbow washing does exist. Um, I think that inherently, if a company is going to change their logo for Pride Month or show their support, it's sort of like, well, you know, on the one side, we've been asking for this and we've been, this is what we advocate for. On the other side, it's also like, well, are you just doing this to appease the masses, right? So in either case, like we sort of have to you know, we're always going to have to dig a little bit deeper and actually look into what these companies are about. Again, as we talked about previously, sort of like what their actions are within the community and, you know, how do they act as a company outside of just, you know, when everybody's on the bandwagon of Pride Month. Um, so, you know, I, I think that some companies exist out there that may be, you know, they may just be doing it just for the publicity and just for the outward appearance that they support, you know, LGBT people. Um, but, you know, I think that's few and far between. I think in, in any case, we should always be digging deeper, though. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think digging deeper is important. I also wonder if some companies think that they can fly under the radar by not changing their logos because they mm -hmm don't have the bandwidth per se to participate in certain initiatives or to showcase what they have mm. been working on because there might not be somebody internally who's kind of rallying everything together for mm. marketing to maybe post or take that initiative and make, make mm. that information public. So in terms of flying under the radar, what is your opinion of a company that says or does absolutely nothing during the month of pride? Does that, impact you? Do you think maybe companies can get away with that? What is your opinion of that, Lucas? I mean, me personally, I, it's, it's kind of like a tricky question because I do believe that companies should show their support. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, why not? It's just changing a logo or whatever. And then also, well, you have LGBT people working for you. So like, why can't you just like help them as well? Um, but on the other hand, I do also think that, you know, for the vast majority of companies, I mean, they're not focused on these issues specifically. They are, you know, if they're a bank, they're just like, you know, they're just working within finance or if they're just an insurance company, you know, it's not really their objective or their, their company's goal to get involved with a lot of these issues. Um, I do think that if you have a platform, you should be using it for the better, but am I necessarily going to look at a company that doesn't, you know, change their logo and say, oh, that, you know, that company is definitely, they don't support whatever. They may just feel like they, I don't know. 
like you said, maybe somebody internally isn't rallying people together to be like, hey, we should be doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so it could just be that. It's just that nobody is is really aware that this stuff is going on and, hey, we should just be doing stuff like this, right? I don't think it's always intentional that people are silent. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's just, you know, just sort of one of those things where they're not always aware of these issues. Right. And so as a job seeker, do you think that it would make an impact if you were if you were a job seeker currently? Do you think it would make an impact in terms of applying to a job um, if you noticed that there was no mention of pride on their company website or social channels? I think it would in a way. Um, just like my personal opinion about the company, I may be thinking, you know, oh, if I apply to this place and if I get hired, am I going to face some sort of discrimination or whatever for how I identify? Um, but then there's also, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not coming here to, to me personally, I just don't feel like I am 100% attached to my identity. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if it, if it's something that never comes up in the workplace, I honestly, for me, I don't have an issue with that. Um, you know, I sort of think that I'm here to do a job. I'm here to work. I'm, this is the environment. As long as the work environment is pleasant, we don't, you know, I don't need somebody to be like, oh, you're you're a homosexual man like i definitely 100 percent support you and blah 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 right like sometimes i can have a great working relationship with somebody and i don't know if they're how they identify absolutely it might just so. be the least interesting thing about you or anyone yeah. else and it doesn't really have to be necessarily um acknowledged but it's also one of those things that absolutely is not something that you want to be just tolerated either and yeah. i think that there are ways for companies to be more thoughtful and to bring these issues into their objectives to ensure that they're not coming across as cultures that are simply tolerating right yeah and this leads into my question of how can companies make the hiring process more inclusive have you had any experiences where you felt that applying for a job was exclusive or any sort of interview experiences that you might want to draw on? Um, so either, either those personal experiences and or recommendations on how companies can create a more inclusive hiring process. So I'm going to give this back over to Anthony. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I've worked with a variety of different jobs over the years. Um, and um, within my career, it's kind of normal to see, as we call it in the business, typecasting, mm -hmm. uh, where they will essentially look for a specific look to fit a stereotype that they're trying to portray within their show, whether it be film, television, um, and even the dance community and um, other things too. So it can be a little bit of a turnoff um, as a person of color, as a person who is queer to go for certain auditions or interviews um, based on that information known alone, knowing you're going in just to fill that. But when you apply for um, parts that are not specific to gender or color, you sometimes from word you know, word of mouth, um, know what certain companies prefer. Um, you know, in our dance community right now, it's a big talk about how certain companies, um, I'll take, for example, the ballet companies, really push a, you know, very straight, uh, that's ironic because most of us are not all straight, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, more of like a, you know, very heterosexual, very uh, white point of view, um, where, you know, you, you're, may just be as talented enough to get these roles um, in your favorite musical, favorite production, but oftentimes feel like you shouldn't be auditioning for it. So there's a lot of work within our community uh, that needs to be done to make people feel who like maybe like people like me who are, who are you know, again, colored and queer, feel comfortable applying for these roles. And uh, there's a lot that they can do to, do to really show that. And of course, hiring people on their board is one thing. I, I feel a lot more comfortable going to an audition room 
um, or an interview room um, where I see a mixed, a mixed panel of, uh, of, I guess, in my sense, judges or adjudicators who are not just, you know, cis white males. Um, mm -hmm. It makes a big difference. And it make, makes me feel comfortable. I relax right away seeing that because I know I'm not going to be judged based on the things that they see before them. So I think there's a lot they can do to, uh, to create more inclusiveness during the hiring process just by doing that, having more people, mm -hmm. a variety of people there who are part of the hiring process. Absolutely. I think representation is huge in the interview process in particular, because that is your first impression to a candidate. And I think that can really make somebody feel more comfortable and confident and bring their talent um, um, to work, really. So I think that's great. I think, Lucas, you, you can probably mm -hmm. weigh in on this, too, if you have either any personal experiences and or advice recommendations around how companies can create a more inclusive hiring process. Yeah, definitely. Um, so most of the companies that I've applied for, I've never really felt excluded or during the interview process. It's, it's never something that's been apparent to me like, oh, these people are, you know, I should stay away from them or something like that. But, um, you know, so I don't necessarily have any personal experience with that, mm -hmm. but I will say, you know, I think for companies that do are inclusive and, and do want to be more inclusive in their hiring process, it's really just get acquainted with the terminology that people are using, um, but in a genuine way, you know, don't, don't just read an article on Google and then, mm -hmm. you know, regurgitate whatever you've read, you know, really internalize it and understand it and then incorporate mm -hmm. that into your hiring process. Um, and just to make sure it could just be as simple as, you know, knowing what not to say to people that you're right. trying to include, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, you don't have to actually make any sort of statement. It's just make sure that you don't say certain things because those could be offensive, mm -hmm. you know, so that's, that's my view on it. Absolutely. So I actually have a maxim uh, when, mm. when it comes to my work, when in doubt, leave it out. And yeah. I think it works really well with what you're saying here in terms mm. of if, um, if something could be misconstrued or if you're trying to make a statement, but you really don't um, have the background or the knowledge um, mm. to confidently make that statement, then perhaps it's better to just leave that out and focus more on your education around it before moving forward and making that statement. But the other point there is to also uh, focus on other aspects um, that maybe they do have a good understanding of um, and kind of, you know, um, I guess, uh, do what they do best in a way. And if we were to talk about terminology specifically, I love that you brought that up. How important or not important is terminology to you in the workplace um, when it comes to your prospective employer, but also to your peers when you're evaluating a job offer? How important is terminology to you? Maybe we can um, give this back to Anthony. Um, I think it's pretty simple. It's very important. Uh, no one wants to be called by the wrong name. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to be looking no one wants to feel invisible mm -hmm. so i think it's just a matter of respect to make sure that you are using the correct terminology um it may seem something small to and trivial to other people but it does go a long way um if people feel respected they're going to do the work that is necessary they're going to put that effort into it but the moment you are disrespecting someone calling them by the wrong um wrong gender um mm -hmm. not not find the right terminology to address someone or something, um, it can definitely set a bad vibe in the workplace. So it's, I find it very important. It's something so simple. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a matter of respect, really. It's a matter of respect. I like the way you put it. Lucas, if you want to weigh in on this, how important mm -hmm. or not important is terminology to you? Yeah, I pretty much agree with Anthony on this. Like it's, it's extremely simple to just, you know, understand how people identify nowadays and just uh you know just be be cognizant of that um and 
you know, I don't think I really, I can't really think of a time where the terminology has been off or anything like that, like in the hiring process or, uh, you know, even at work now, I, I haven't, you know, it feels like at least in the companies that I work for, people are a lot more aware of mm -hmm. what's going on in the world and, you know, of these issues as well. And they have lots of experience with that. So, um, you know, people almost like automatically just like do it themselves without even being told, mm -hmm. you know, because most of their like friends and, and family members as well, you know, intersect with a lot of these communities. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's like if you if you don't if if you don't have any experience with that community, then yeah, just get acquainted with the terms and you know respect when somebody you know says this is how I identify and don't trivialize it like Anthony said. I love that. Don't trivialize it. I think mm -hmm. one thing that people can do, especially in the workplace, is to mm -hmm. simply give people um, the space to be themselves and. Um, absolutely give them um, their time um, and their space to really be themselves and um, don't um, trivialize their truths. I think that can be something that in my experience, at least uh, I've seen that leaders at times, um, you know, can really shape or set that tone for respect by ensuring that they're using the right pronouns by responding to any experiences that employees are sharing, whether, whether it has to do with any sort of customer feedback or you know, whether it's sort of like an in-office in situation where maybe there might've been some misunderstandings. I think it kind of goes up to that leadership level to set the tone about what is expected and um, for others to sort of follow that path. But I do like how you called out, Lucas, that I think a lot of companies and a lot of um, individuals are now becoming a lot more acquainted and cognizant of this. But at the same time, there are companies and individuals who really just don't get it. And I think for anyone who is listening and evaluating a job offer, I think what Lucas is really saying and proving to you is that there are companies who get it. There are companies and individuals who get it. So if you're evaluating a job offer where you've um, had a poor experience, um, absolutely speak up and see if you know there might have been some sort of misunderstanding where you think that you can kind of re recuperate from that but um, otherwise you really don't want to work for a company that doesn't respect who you are and is not an inclusive workplace so i would say that um you kind of make a good a good point there lucas that um you know you have worked for companies that get it right so obviously these companies are out there and no one should ever feel like they have to go near a place that does not respect them and, and who they are. I will say as well, just to kind of add on to that, that mm -hmm. maybe it, it really, like sometimes it's hard to, I don't know, I guess say that this, this represents the company or mm -hmm. that this person represents, you know, the company's actions and, and whatnot. Um, because it, just in my company, there was an incident, um, you know, a couple months back where the person that was dealing with Indigenous people didn't handle it properly. And it became this whole, like, sort of, you know, PR fiasco. Mm -hmm. And internally and externally, the company took measures to just you know, make sure that everything was, was all settled and all good. Um, but, you know, one thing that I did discuss with them was, you know, just from working here, I, I know that this isn't representative of the company um, and that it's really this person that unfortunately was part of our company that really, mm -hmm. they sort of, you know, they made a mistake. They're, yeah, they're the ones they that made, made the mistake. mistake. Um, but I think that's a good distinction to make as well right. um, because it's it's like the company can be super, super inclusive and sometimes you just come across an employee right. that is not inclusive and then, you know, that needs to be dealt with as well um, and just people need to be, to speak up when they see that stuff happening mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, when you're at work, when you're on, on the clock, I do think that you represent the company and, you know, we all come here for the same reason. And it's, it's just sort of like, you know, don't sort of, you know, 
if you see somebody that's just acting out of line, speak up because mm -hmm. if you let it persist, then you know that bad behavior is just gonna it's just gonna prolong and get worse, and it might actually affect other people in very harmful ways. I love that. I love that. I think it is so important to speak up and absolutely to mm -hmm. make that distinction between an individual who who could possibly you know spread their negativity mm -hmm. or misunderstanding. So making that distinction between an individual and the company at large and what the company stands for. And mm -hmm. then I think when you know that the company at large really does respect and value um, what you value, then you're in a climate where you're feeling safer to speak up. And if you're not really sure, you should absolutely still make that effort. I know that it can be really difficult for some people who are caught in a position where they might love aspects of their job, but something as integral as respect is, you know, coming into question. So I think a chat with your manager, a chat with HR, or better yet, a chat with your employee resource group, if you have one, can really make or break uh, your situation and help, mm -hmm. help you as well as your company move forward and um, progress from that situation. Mm -hmm. Anthony, did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of want to add to that. Um, that yes, it kind of ties into also, you know, when you're in that position, we, and you know, people in our, in our community have definitely felt this. We've noticed individuals in the company who um, say or make remarks that are very much inappropriate um, towards our community. Um, and they may be a person who is in a position of power, but we find it difficult to bring that up with the company for them to address it. Because again, if the company's not creating an environment that is uh, a, kind of an open door, mm -hmm. kind of, and they will, again, support what you're saying and actually take it to heart and investigate the situation, if you, you get that feeling, you're not going to bring it up because you're scared mm -hmm. of what may happen. We've seen, we've seen it in mm -hmm. our community where you do bring it up because you know it's wrong, it's clearly wrong, mm -hmm. but then the company ends up firing you. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like when you find that out about the company, they're not inclusive that way, but yet they still put up the rainbow flag during our month. Mm -hmm. It makes us, again, hesitant. So if that is the case, if it's an individual that is doing something that doesn't represent what the company, um, their guidelines are and what they represent as a company, and you don't, as a company, make it a comfortable position for anyone, no matter what race, color, um, or um, identity they follow, um, they are, you make it difficult for us. And that's where it's going to start. That's where it's going to start. Right, right. So I'm hearing that there could be the guidelines, there could be the outward support. But when you have these individuals internally that are acting outside of that, and there's no repercussions. And I think a big part of that is when the leaders don't say anything. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, mm -hmm. where it really starts, where inclusion really you know, that psychological safety is not felt by employees if the leaders are not calling out or calling attention to behaviors that are visibly wrong or otherwise going against even potentially guidelines that have been um, put up. And so you may have done your due diligence and you signed the offer seeing that, okay, this company really has shown to me that they care about these issues and they've addressed my concerns during the interview process. But now that I'm in here, it's a totally different story. Mm -hmm. And it can be different from department to department. And I really do think this is something at that leadership level where I think if leaders um, don't dismiss the behavior or if they create an environment where you feel comfortable and safe to speak up, um, it ties into that broader company mission that we talked about where um, inclusion really needs to be an objective for companies. So on that note, what are some final words of advice to leaders on the practice of inclusion? Maybe we can start off with Lucas. Um, so I guess some, some words that I have for, for leaders uh, looking to be more inclusive and, and, uh, are aware of these issues and topics and whatnot 
is to, again, just be authentic, be genuine with it, you know, ask, ask the community that, you know, what, what's the best approach to this? You're most likely going to have employees that fall within these communities. So, you know, if, if your company doesn't have like an employee resource group already, then, you know, task somebody with that and, and just say, Hey, you know, I think we should really start with, you know, showing everybody that we work with that, Hey, we're here to like, you know, be a champion for you guys as well. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I like that. That's really good advice that if there is no existing employee resource group, then it really comes on to leaders to potentially task somebody with it. I -hmm. think the hesitation there can be in situations where I've seen it happen, where there might just not be any any, uh, members that self-identify with a particular group. And Mm -hmm. I think even still, there are allies that are well-versed with these topics. And then this goes Mm -hmm. back to a hiring issue potentially what are you doing in your recruiting process and your hiring process that you might be potentially filtering out these community members and potentially Mm -hmm. making it an objective to ensure that um, in the future, you're paying attention to what interviewees belong to these groups who who self-identify to other groups and ensuring that you're also kind of taking into consideration how balanced your hiring process is. If your company even if it's a small company, um, does not actually have a diverse group to begin with. Mm-hmm. And Anthony, if you could share any final words of advice to leaders on the practice of inclusion, what words of wisdom would you have there? Um, having a representative, kind of like a li- liaison between you know the heads ups of the company and your employees, who handle these situations, um, you know, many companies that do have like a social committee, so to speak, um, who handle events or create recognition within the company um, so that people do not feel left out and they feel included. That is very important. I don't think it should ever be overlooked as a company. It's always important to have that there. Um, Those people are your go-to when Mm -hmm. you know something's coming up. If you, even if you don't know as faith, you know, the boss of your company, you don't know, you're not anything on the topic of Pride Month or no, anything else related to that, those people will do the work for you. They'll, they'll do the research. Um, that in itself may be a little bit of a different topic, how they go about doing that, because that, that definitely could be, an, I've seen it done incorrectly and correctly. Um, right. Personally, personal experience with that. Um, but nonetheless, you still need to do it. You still need to have someone there who's going mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, you know, it is Pride Month is coming up. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do as a company to acknowledge it, if not mm-hmm. celebrate it, mm-hmm. at least acknowledge it? Because we don't know, we, we, we may not know who in, who works for us, who may identify as that. Um, there are people who rather keep that to themselves mm-hmm. and who do a really good job of it. I did yeah. a really good job of it for a long time in my workplace. Yeah. Most people who I worked with yeah. were not aware because I felt I had to hide that. But right. um, you may not know. But internally, they, they would cherish it. Um, one thing, I guess, to kind of relate to it, if you're a company that feels they don't have to say anything because you feel, I support it, but if I say anything, I feel it's not going to be genuine, mm-hmm. so why bother? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has ever said, please don't recognize me yeah. as an yeah. individual. I don't yeah. think anyone's actually said, like, you know, I'd rather you not recognize me right now and acknowledge that I exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To some degree, to some level, yes, people want you to. People want to feel included. Mm-hmm. They want to be acknowledged. So saying something is way better than saying nothing. Do that at least. Mm-hmm. You're not sure how to do it. Find someone who can go about it the right way, of mm-hmm. course, but find someone who can. And um, absolutely, I would say if you're going to um, include people, have a committee, have a leader within your company that is going to handle that to make sure that those people are not being left out. Whether it's Pride Month, whether it's Black History Month, whether, you know, the holidays come up. We see it, I mean, yeah. it's possible because yeah. again, you yeah. see it during the holidays, how we're very careful about, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. but we make sure everyone feels included in some way or form. So we've done it. Why yeah. are we not doing it for the other things throughout the year? So we need to yeah. make sure that's I love that. I love that analogy and that parallel between happy holidays to be inclusive of all the different faiths and cultures Mm 
mm-hmm. cultures around the holiday times. And this is really no different where we don't mm-hmm. have to feel like we are gaslighting one issue by mm-hmm. talking about another issue because it's mm-hmm. Pride Month, but there's also Black Lives Matter protests, mm-hmm. right? And, and yeah. on that note, actually, I would love to also mention the importance of intersectionality and mm-hmm. the fact that you know there are BL, BLM members that obviously celebrate pride or self-identify as queer and the importance of inclusion when it comes to intersectionality and um, I think those identities can really be a champion for bringing different causes together and overall these causes are part of a larger umbrella of social justice and inclusion in general. Um, On the topic of intersectionality, I would love to hear from you both on how the Black Lives Matter movement intersects with pride, especially for those that hold multiple identities. So for those members that are Black and queer, if you could share some thoughts around what pride means um, in today's era of um, uh, the historic revolution that is going on with BLM. Maybe we can pass it to Anthony. Okay. Um, there's a lot to, I think, unpack here. I'm going to try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. Uh, so we've seen a lot happen, a lot's changed in the last, uh, last month. We've seen a lot of companies now who are trying to make more of an effort to be more inclusive and more uh, fair in the way uh, people of color, um, you know, Black people, um, Indigenous people are treated in the workforce. Uh, so we're seeing them making statements in regards to um, you know supporting Black Lives Matter movement. Now we're seeing it now um, happen, um, but we're also seeing those companies that don't want to say anything. Um, maybe again, they may not support it, or they may not feel what they have to say is sufficient enough. Um, but they are fine to support Pride Month, and this is where it gets kind of a lot. Of, it, it doesn't work that way because if you're going to support Pride Month, you have to understand that Pride again started as a riot. Um, you know, when we talk about Stonewall, who had our trans people of color are the ones that started the rioting that was Pride, and that's where it came from. So if you're going to support Pride and not support people of color, Black Lives Movement, you know, this is it's tied. They, they are linked together. It's a protest because of injustice. And a person of color, trans person of color, started the Pride movement. It is linked to Black Lives Matter. So you can't support one without supporting the other. It, it's very important that companies understand that and why it's important to, um, to people like myself and other people who identify as queer and um, you know, Black people and Indigenous people who identify as queer, that you support both and you're vocal about both. I love that. Thank you. You cannot support one without supporting the other and the histories are very much tied together. And Lucas, did you want to weigh in on the topic of intersectionality and any thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement and its intersection with pride, especially for those who self-identify as as Black and queer? Yeah, definitely. So again, I agree with everything that Anthony said. All of this is extremely relevant to, you know, in my opinion, pretty much everyone. Um, uh, And as a concern for, you know, the whole point about like, oh, we'll change our logo for Pride Month, but we're going to keep quiet about like BLM and like what's going on there and whatnot. You know, it really, uh, that's sometimes to me, maybe not again, not always inherently indicative of some sort of ignorance or some sort of, you know, bias towards certain certain communities over others, but, um, or maybe even something more sinister. But, you know, I definitely do think that it is short-sighted and it is pretty shallow to, you know, sort of be like, oh, well, we support pride, but we're just, we're just not going to talk about BLM because it's like, you know, again, Stonewall, like that was trans black people of color um, that really started that movement. So it's like, well, you know, people within the LGBT community are black, you know, like it's, it's, so yeah, it's like you kind of sort of have to support both. And it, it's the right thing that if you support 
pride and pride month and you know the whole mm -hmm. rainbow whatever logos and all that that you also support you know blm and and stuff like that um i also do want to make the distinction between sort of like the the spirit of the movement versus you know maybe some of the actions as well because i think that you know i feel like companies are hesitant sometimes to speak about uh blm because they've seen the riots and stuff and and the looting and whatnot but i don't think that in any way shape or form defeats or invalidates everything that this movement started or is about you know mm -hmm. it's all very much related and it goes beyond um it just it to me i just feel like these these issues go beyond just you know maybe what blm is saying or what you know what pride is saying when we have our pride our our pride parades and whatnot um so you know i i definitely want to encourage companies and just people in general to think about the intersectionality of you know well you know why do i support this but not this you know it's like what what are my reasons for that have i done enough research have i you know really looked into these issues and internalized them and thought about why my stance is the way it is you know mm -hmm. and and if you you don't necessarily in my opinion you don't have to agree with everything um that maybe one person says but you should have your own you should form your own thoughts about it and you know use your platform to speak speak up and and support that um and then just a, a final sort of note that i want to put out there is you know, for anybody in the position to, whether you're an employee, whether you're a leader or what, like just to speak up when you see things like this happening, because, you know, we can look at a company and we can see how one bad employee that exists in our company for 15, 20 years can affect new people coming into the company, you know, it, it, it only got that way because people weren't speaking up about these issues, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, there's always somebody that can use their voice to say, oh, you know, there are some people that are not always in a position and they don't feel comfortable and they definitely have the real possibility of getting fired or losing their job or being reprimanded in some way. But there mm -hmm. are other people that are definitely, you know, when we look in a company, it's sort of like they determine these, these power dynamics and whatnot. The champions. Absolutely. Yeah. Champions so of it's change. Just, yeah. So it, that's kind of like my final thought that I want to put out there is just to use your voice and speak up whenever possible. Um, I love that. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to add a little bit more to that. Um, yeah. What definitely. Said. Um, so for, if you can understand what the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. is about, where it started, um, it started with an uproar and a protest against the injustice of how um, people of color, Black people, are treated, mistreated by, you know, cops. Um, mm -hmm. Disproportionate to you know, other races in our country, um, south of the border and here in Canada. Um, it was a protest and against that. Pride is the same thing. It's a protest against the misuse of, of force and um, discrimination from cops. Yeah. So there, if you can't see those two things tie into each other, um, you're missing the point mm -hmm. overall. Um, even and they reference Martin Martin Luther King, um, you know, one of his, uh, one of the people who worked with him, who worked behind the scenes, he was a black person, queer person of color who did a lot of the work with uh, with it. Um, he obviously is not talked about, I'm going to pull up his name in a moment, I'm trying to bring up, I mentioned, yeah, talked about it recently, but um, people have to remember this, like, they're so tied and they, they can't be separated no matter how much you try to. So again, if you're going, if you can see what is wrong with, with what's happening in the world and you support Black Lives Matter, you should therefore be supporting Pride Month because those things mm -hmm. add on to it. You know, we're talking about Black Lives Matter, we're talking about injustices that are happening to Black people when it comes to cops and when it comes to the government, when it comes to equality, they start 
to build in issues that you become aware of. Same thing with pride. It started with mistreatment and then also how we're mis we are not equally um, seen in mm -hmm. society. So there's, they're so parallel that I didn't want to say the parallel, they're the exact same issues. So mm -hmm. there's right. no reason why you should support one without the other mm -hmm. and just dismiss mm -hmm. the other one. So, um, sorry, I didn't pull up his name. I got sidetracked with what I was saying. <laughs> but definitely, definitely something that people um, should be aware of. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I think you hit the nail his on the head. His name is um, uh, Bayard Rustin. Please look him up. Uh, yeah, again, a very important person who helped with the um, civil rights movement and worked with Mar Martin Luther King um, Jr. Mm -hmm. specifically. So, yeah. mm -hmm. see, that is the incredible point there that we have these players, uh, part of you know the Stonewall riots, and then we have members who really pushed for black. Um, rights in the United States alongside Martin Luther King Jr. and, and so forth. So really, they are inseparable movements. And I think it really is um, interesting to note the timing of the BLM movement really coinciding with Pride this um, this year in terms of us not losing that momentum of the BLM movement globally, you know, shifting into Pride Month, it really is a time to amplify the BLM movement and speak up for your black and queer folks. So thank you both for your insights. And it's been a pleasure unpacking these issues and hopefully we have inspired some people to speak up we have made leaders a bit more well acquainted with these issues and um thank you once again for for both your voices awesome thank, thank you. you i hope you enjoyed our chat with anthony nova and lucas anderson to learn more about the history of pride and its link to the black lives matter movement Research how Toronto's BLM chapter successfully halted uniformed police from marching in Toronto's Pride Parade based on contentious relations between the police and colored people. Access additional resources in our episode description on ACAST. It is up to leaders, HR professionals, and individuals to start conversations and begin the work to shape inclusive cultures that in turn shape societies. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.